we're going to read something from it from one of the longest sections of the Bible in Psalm 119. If you wanted to follow it, you'll find it on page 591 and over the page in the Bibles that are on the chairs around. <clears throat> and this is the longest of the Psalms that was written in little sections. And we've got a range of verses here from this Psalm 119, which talks a lot about why this psalm, and in fact the whole of this book, is so special. So we'll start at verse 89, at the bottom of page 591. Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth. And it endures. Your laws endure to this day, for all things serve you. Going on to verse 97. Oh, says the psalmist, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. And verse 111. Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. What is happening in the Bible? What is the story? What is the one unified story? And why is it an important story for us? So the Bible tells a unified story from beginning to end, from page one to page, what page in the Bible? Check it out, quick. What's the final page in the Bible that we have in our church? The last page is number... A red one. It's a red one in yours. 1,183. So it's a story that's 1,183 pages long. But if you started at the beginning and you went to the end, it would be a bit tricky to actually grasp the story. And there are different types of ways of telling the story. There are different types of books. There are history books and stories and poems and letters. And just to read from beginning to end is quite difficult. So it's quite important to get a sense of what the whole story is. And that's what we're focusing on today. What's the most important page in the Bible? Sorry? Any of them. There is one 
really, really, really important page. The last of the first. I would argue it's the contents page because the contents page will always help you find what you're looking for, okay? So if anybody asks you where is, say, okay, don't try and play that game of knowing exactly where Haggai comes, all right? Just go to the contents page. That's the quickest way of doing it. Can anybody remember the first time we saw that divided path? Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve. So if we start at the beginning of the story, it's a story about two human beings who represent all of humankind, and they had a job to do. Their job, given to them by God, was to look after a beautiful world that he had created. And one of the loveliest things about the last half century or so is we have been able to see just how beautiful that world is in one picture, Earthrise. Planet Earth. Of course, God created the solar system and everything around it too, but planet Earth was what he gave to be in charge of humankind. So they would look after it. They would keep it beautiful. They would keep it healthy. It would fulfill what God wanted by way of being a place for all created things and all creation to have a home. And they did a reasonably good job to start with, but God set a few rules, and it was important that these humans understood God's definition of good and evil, of right and wrong. And they had a choice before them. They could listen to God or they could ignore his guidance. And so that first crossroads was when humankind chose not the good path, but the other path, which led to bad things for them and for everyone else in their family. And we saw some rather dark pictures of that. And then later in the story of the Bible, we see another couple who come from the place called Babylon. Their names were Abraham and Sarah. And they have a big family, and much of the Bible is about what happens to their family. Not just their immediate family, but down the generations. Humankind has another chance to make the right choices and to enjoy a good relationship with one another and with God. But sadly, members of Abraham and Sarah's family and their descendants don't make good choices. They make poor decisions. And when that opportunity to make a choice comes, they take the wrong path. And things don't go well for God's people, the people of Israel. And then the prophets um, warn that if they don't change their ways, if people won't change their ways individually, as families and as a nation, then disaster will come upon them and they will be overtaken by other kings and other rulers and other nations. And this is exactly what happens. The people choose not the good path, but the wrong path. But the prophets also promised a new and a different future. And by the time we come to the end of the Old Testament, we have a rather hopeless situation, but with a spark of hope. The prophets say, one day someone will come and will change everything to put us back on the right track. 
And the story is left hanging, as the video says. And there's a gap of 400 years between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament. And the New Testament begins with tales from the life of a new person in the story, a man called Jesus. I'm glad you were listening. A man called Jesus. And Jesus teaches about a different way of being human, one that involves making good, if difficult, choices, not selfish choices. It's a way that involves serving other people, even people you don't particularly like or who make life difficult for you. And he shows us that that choice is one that we have to make actively. We can choose, as he did, the good way rather than the bad way. So loving and caring for others becomes a way of fulfilling our original destiny that was given to humankind in the very first book of the Bible. It means being like Jesus and following his way, choosing a good path for us and for other people. And Charlotte and her family have chosen a good way this morning, seeking to be thankful to God for the gift of Theo and wanting to support him in the days and months and years to come. But the story tells us also that Jesus is more than just a human person. He is God. He shows us what God is like. He shows us the face of God, and he speaks to us with the words of God. He shows us that the evil that influenced Adam and Eve and Abraham and Sarah's family and all those humans that followed them can be defeated if we remember God's definition of what is good and if we resist the temptation to follow the other pathway. Jesus showed his love for us, God's love for us, and for all people by dying on the cross so that evil would not have the final word in human existence. And that was a choice that he made, choosing to go to the cross instead of to continue with the old way. And having defeated death itself, Jesus offers each one of us a fresh choice. Stick with the old way or follow Jesus' way. It's hard. But we don't need to do it alone. We do it with the help of Jesus' spirit we do it with the help of the Bible. We do it with the help of one another, Jesus, brothers and sisters, the family of God. <coughs> and the new family of God, as the Bible uh, video showed, was one where the Jesus followers didn't always find it easy to follow his way. So in the early years of the Christian church, some of his followers, the apostles, wrote letters to Christian groups to give them guidance and encouragement and to remind them that one day God will bring all things into their rightful place and harmony, just as he always intended. And once again, we saw that crossroads, that parting of the ways. And that is the unified story that the Bible tells us. It tells the story over many centuries of a series of crossroad decisions in the life of humanity. <coughs> And so often, 
those choices were poorly made. And those decisions are ones that we still have to make ourselves each day. We still have to make decisions about how we choose to understand what is good and what is evil. How we choose to do the right thing. How we choose to think or to speak or to act. How we choose to behave towards one another and towards God. How we make good choices and take the right path to live life in all its fullness, which is what God originally intended for all humankind and for all creation. And just like there are so many other stories that help us to understand life and its meaning, the story of the Bible has an important role to play in the life of us as Christians. I find it very helpful to think of the Bible in three ways. And I've brought along three visual aids, which might be helpful for you. And I'd like you to tell me why you think I've chosen them. Here's the first one. The Bible is like a lamp, a lantern, or a torch. They didn't have torches in the Old Testament days, so, but we could easily say it's like a light, a lantern, a torch, a lighthouse, an electric bulb switched on. Why? Why would we talk about the Bible in those terms? Why would we think of the Bible as being like that? Because it lights the way. Whose way? God's way. Who for? All of us. So it's a light. And that's one of the pictures that was actually used in the Bible reading that Nigel read to us earlier. Here's my second two-part visual aid. What have I got here? Bread and honey. Why have I chosen bread and honey as an image of the Bible? Why is the Bible like bread and honey? Essentials for life, bread for the journey of life. Bread is something we need every day. God supplied manna, sweet bread, sort of bread-like stuff, I suppose, with sugar on it, in the wilderness for the people of Israel as they travel that hard journey. And the Bible still provides us today with the sort of advice, the guidance, the encouragement that we need every day in our decision-making. It tells us what is good, what is healthy, what is right. We may have to discuss it and come to an understanding. It may not be easy immediately, but the Bible is there to be read and talked about and listened to and taken seriously. But why honey? Psalm 919 also talks about God's word being sweet, sweet to the taste. And although we need bread for our everyday journey, sometimes it's so good to have something a little bit sweet. And there are moments when the Bible brings us something sweet. Perhaps it's a psalm in a moment of gladness 
or maybe a moment of sorrow. Perhaps it's a story, a heart on fire. Perhaps it's a character that we want to be like, Queen Esther. So the Bible is like bread and honey. And the last visual image I have is this. What do you think these are? Letters. Love letters. Why do you think they're love letters? Yeah, you're quite right. They are love letters and cards and postcards and photographs and lots of other different ways of writing literature. Whose love letters are they? Go on, be brave. Mine. They're my love letters and Nigel's love letters, all wrapped up in a bundle with a ribbon with hearts on. They're the letters and the cards and the things we sent to each other in the early years of our relationship together a long time ago. And if you were to read them, and I'm not going to let you read them, <laughs> but if you were to read them, you would get a picture of a relationship between two people. That's the pain of that relationship when we were separated. And then, of course, we got married, and you don't write letters when you get married. So these letters end in about 1978. But our relationship has continued for another 40 years. And I hope it will go on much longer. We hope it'll go on much longer. <laughs> <laughs> but the, why did I choose this image of what the Bible is like? Why a bundle of love letters? Because the Bible is like a bundle of love letters sent from God to his children. It tells us something about the relationship of love that exists or should exist between God and his people. And just because the Bible finished being written in around, oh, I don't know, 1000 AD, does not mean that, 100 AD rather, does not mean that it, um, the relationship has ceased. It just means that we continue that relationship. And the Bible is always there as an anchor for that relationship in a strange sort of way. It shows the origins, just as this group of letters and cards shows the origins of our relationship. So three images that might help you to think about the Bible and the story that it contains in a new way. A light or lantern, bread and honey, and a bundle of love letters. And I wonder how the Bible will help you make good decisions and take the right path this week. Amen.